Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. squad and welcome to ranks fc the first episode of 2021 and as promised this will of course start with a poem they say last year was one to forget tinged with horror stacked with regret and whilst they're right in the dark it's easier to see the light of a spark and in the murkiness of the gloom one light can fill an entire room because these 12 months though tough to get by gave us the chance to look ourselves in the eye to see what's important, to understand what's right, and to make sure that we're on the right side of that fight. To know that when history looks back upon our sky, that we can look history dead in the eye and say, I stood, I fought, I played my part. When the world just wanted to rip us apart, set sister against brother, kin against kin, that we believed in the end that justice would win. We step forward from our vanity towards leveling our humanity. And while there's an incredibly long way to go, I believe in starts in steps on the road. Say no to hate, look after your fellow fan. There's enough malevolence from man to man. Open your horizons, open your mind, watch every game you can. Be nice, be kind. Somewhere along the line, we lost our sight that this is entertainment. It's not always a fight. We lost our ability to appreciate the game at the top level or Sunday league. The point is the same. We lost the gracious in victory, magnanimous in defeat, the ability to say you were just too good to beat. At the end of the day, it's football one and all. It's the same pass and move of the same round ball. And remember, this game could be the best thing we've got. And when everything else seems to be going to pot, you can have that last minute goal that changes everything, that makes your heart take flight and start to sing. Give us more madness. Give us more class. Give us more of that perfect pass. Let's get fans back in stadiums once it's safe to get them screaming. For 2021 football, please keep us dreaming. Oh, Jack, tears in the eyes, mate. Come on, come on. I'm crying already, we're only a few days into 2021. Well, I think there's been plenty of reasons to cry, lads. <laughs> there's, uh, even, even a couple of days in. This is Ranks FC. Uh, my name is Jack Collins and welcome to the new year. We hope your festive periods have been as good as they possibly can be in strange circumstances. With me today, as ever, the rank god, Mr. Sam Tai. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. And of course, our transfer guru in his prime, in his pomp, Mr. Dean Jones. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Not only are you just in your prime and pomp because it's transfer season, Dean, you've got another ranking, back-to-back ranking weeks for Dean Jones. Christ, are you playing me overtime, you lads, or what? Yeah, Sam's <laughs> just giving up, I think. He's just like, yeah, January, just taking the month off. It's, it's there, stroking his cat. <laughs> like a Bond villain in it. <laughs> right in it. Guys, I'm doing Dry January. And for the rank god, that means no rankings. Because Dry January <laughs> is about what you're addicted to. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Sam, you have got something you love for us though, right? I do. I've, I'll always love at least one thing a week, right? Not even that can get me down. So this week, I loved Ralph Hasenhuttle's emotional outburst. And I bring this up, I guess, because I reckon some people probably found it a little bit odd when Hazan Huttle sank to his knees in tears at the final whistle when Southampton beat Liverpool on Monday. But I loved it. 
And that entire night and this entire festive period has been an immense struggle for this man and his team. And on such a tense evening, and to come out of it with a win against the league leaders and like the defending champions, it all got a bit much. And that's okay, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a bit dramatic. To, you know, it was a 1-0 home it's win. dramatic. <laughs> I, I tweeted saying uh, I was going to call Ralph Hasenhutl Herbert the Hoover because <laughs> there was a, a tweet yesterday that went quasi-viral and it was Herbert the Hoover is like an app and it texted saying, Herbert is stuck on the edge of a cliff. Uh, and then they followed it up with a picture of just the, the Hoover just on the edge of like a, a doorway. And it was just <laughs> like, I think Herbert the Hoover might be a tad dramatic. Um, no, and I, I thought get, I the that, same for it. Ralph Hasenuto. I'm, I'm, I'm in favour of, of drama, obviously. I don't know if you've ever met me. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, Saints, the, the context here is that Southampton hadn't scored a goal for weeks, right? For like three games. They're playing Liverpool and they've got no starting goalkeeper because he's been tested. He's tested positive for coronavirus. Their best centre-back this season is injured. Their midfield destroyer, Romeo, who would be quite useful for a game like this, uh, is injured with a calf injury. And their form striker of the season, Che Adams, has concussion. And recently, Hasan Huttle had to manage one game from home, the West Ham game because one of his family members had tested positive for coronavirus as well. So, like, trying isn't really the word for this period for Southampton and Ralph Hasenhutl. It's been kind of brutal. And the team that they finished that game with wasn't far off a reserve under-23 selection. I'm being serious. Like, I made that kind of joke last night on Twitter, but in a reserve team, like in a, in a, in a PL2 game, you're allowed three senior outfield players and a goalkeeper to be over the age of 23. Everyone else has to be under the age of 23. And they finished last night with a front three of Nathan Teller, Daniel and Lundaloo, and Jan Valery. They had five senior players on the pitch that were over the age of 23. There were only two off fielding a PL2 side and they managed to beat the champions. So it was an engrossing performance and an incredible win. To dig that out was incredible. And the emotions were running high from minute one, guys, because Gineppo came off in tears after half an hour. And Hazard Huttle embraced him because Gineppo got injured and he'd had a cracking half an hour. So it was all very intense from the word go. It wasn't just that outpouring at the start. And to finish what had been a relatively sterile festive period, I'd say, overall in the Premier League, with a game like that, that was gripping and dramatic, and with a payoff like that with Ralph just, just losing it. And then he tried to blame the wind on his tears, by the way, in the press conference afterwards when they asked him why he was crying. He said it was the wind. I think that was lovely. It's just lovely. Um, I'm all for for crying. I think we should cry more. I think Andrea Pirlo said that he, or he cries a lot, and I think Gigi Buffon says he cries once a day. So you know, maybe maybe they're just taking some leaves. How many times do you maybe. cry a day, Jack? You're a, a very emotional a, guy. A couple, a couple. <laughs> when on when I'm when I'm hungover, especially, I become increasingly emotional about everything. And I remember on New Year's Day, I'd woken up and my mum and dad were watching the fireworks over London, and I was a I was in bits like it was just like the fireworks themselves sent me sent me a little bit sparko so i do appreciate especially if ralph was hung over last night which is plausible <laughs> um that it was probably quite an emotional time for him um now i wanted to talk uh, in the things i love bit about arsenal and obviously about kieran tierney and and, and bakayo saka who who are fully high up on my agendas list um but it I did this on Monday, uh, and so I don't want to. I don't want to repeat myself going over old ground. So um, yeah, come and join us at Patreon. Come and join us Patreon. It's um, and you and you get to hear me waxing lyrical about Kieran Tierney and Bakayo Saka for, for minutes on end. And um, but something I did love was the fact that the Pushkash Award was given out on the second day of the year. The 2021 Pushkash has already decided. 
Um, because Nadim Amiri of Bayer Leverkusen scored the best goal of all time. Yeah. Um, in, in, and that nah. was, uh, and that's probably understating how good a goal it was, to be honest. Goal gets chipped in. He starts the move, uh, gets, gives the ball off to, to Florian Verts, gets in behind. Verts finds him with a beautiful chip. He does the Dennis Bergkamp turn around around the player in the in the box. Although I think it goes through the player's legs, so I think it's yeah. actually better than the Bergkamp turn. Then, not content with that and just slotting it away like a normal person, he decides to go round the goalkeeper, stop the goalkeeper dead, and then backheel it through the goalkeeper's legs. And it's sort of half Bergkamp, half graffiti against Bayern Munich from those from these years back when uh, back when Wolfsburg absolutely hammered them. I think it was five or seven nil perhaps um, in that game. But it's just one of the greatest goals I've ever seen. So if you haven't already seen Nadima Miri's goal, and I imagine that most people will have by now because it was huge everywhere. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And I'm, I'm in awe of it. Never mind loving it. It was a crazy weekend for goals, wasn't it? Because um, Amiri stole the show. Um, but we also had, you know, Eberi Eze scoring an absolute wonder goal for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. We saw Lukaku with that spin and spin and freeze and shot for Inter Milan. Actually, Serie A, there was quite a lot in Serie A alone. But um, yeah, across Europe, we saw some absolute bangers, man. People starting 2021 off right. I like it. Do you remember Barrietse did a thing about how to pronounce his name when he joined Palace? Yeah. And he yeah. was like, it's not Izzy. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. But in this context, float like a butterfly, sting like Izzy would have been uh, <laughs> would have been an incredible headline if it was pronounced like that. So, you know, swings and roundabouts with pronunciations. Dean, I'm not going to ask you to for something that you loved because <laughs> you've got a lot of work today. And I know this isn't, isn't regular to you, so I don't want to put too much on your plate in one go. Honestly, mate, I'd really appreciate that. It's been, it's been a tough time because I obviously I'm doing the ranking this week, and just as I sat down to do it, you know, the predictions for 2021, I was like, right, here we go. The kids are in bed, solid bit of time here. Then I remembered that Boris Johnson was about to make the announcement, so I thought I'll stick the telly on. I'm pretty sure what he's going to say, and I'll be okay and not too affected. And then I just did my work, and what Boris Johnson actually said threw me. And I suddenly realised what a chaotic month I was in for, six weeks even. Nursery is closed, even though they're allowed to stay open. Dylan's is closed. Yeah, so I just had to have a drink instead for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, not quite as much time went into the predictions in the end as, as would have. But look, this is the world we live in, right? You're going to have to deal with it. This is it. Swings and roundabouts <laughs> on the Ranks FC podcast. Right after the break, we'll get into those predictions. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Ranks FC. It's time for some predictions for 2021. Now we do predictions, I'd say twice a year, start of a season and then at the start of a year. And so it's quite hard to review them because they all, they all become a bit muddled in the end. But I've had a look back, Sam, and uh, you made five predictions at the start of 2020. Do you remember what they are? Or shall I remind you? Tell me, tell me them. Tell me them. So, you predicted that Leeds would be promoted, that yeah, Martinelli would be a breakout player. This would be his breakout season to become a big part of the Arsenal team. Uh, that Kylian Mbappe would score the most goals across 2021, uh, 2020, <laughs> sorry. Uh, that Liverpool would win the Champions League uh, and that Kalidou Koulibaly would leave Napoli. Now, oh. from the kind mm. of surface level, it's not a great return. That there's a lot of if this was family fortunes, there'd be a lot of eh, eh. Um, <laughs> what's your to, reaction? I'd like to put some asterisks in. All right, I, yeah, you well, can have the floor. So, 
obviously, Koulibaly did not leave Napoli. That's on me. <laughs> um, that's on me. Although, to be fair, uh, coronavirus did warp the market to a point where maybe maybe that might have been the 10% that made that not happen. I don't know. But uh, I'll take the loss on that one. And obviously, Liverpool didn't win the Champions League. I've got nothing. I've got nothing to, to protect myself with there. Leeds did get promoted. Yeah, Martinelli, that's Martinelli tore his ACL and missed almost all of the year. So yeah. maybe didn't my... spot that, did you? I didn't see that coming. Um, but also the last three weeks of 2020 proved how important he is to Arsenal. Um, and Mbappe to score the most goals. Well, he had his league cancelled and the Euros were cancelled. And that was a big part of me thinking that that why he would get the most goals. So I'd say that one's voided. Um, and Martinelli, I'd like a half point. Do you want to yeah. refresh? Do you want to refresh your um, <coughs> prediction? Well, you want to run want, it on to the next year. Do you want to run it on to 2021? No. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's still not confident. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, well, this is this is why we can see that Sam didn't want to do any predictions. Uh, no, it got, makes more sense now. I got one, one and a half out of four. One and a my, half my, out of five. Out of four. Okay, all right. We're cancelling Mbappe. Um, all right. Okay, it's not a great return. Dean, are you, are you confident that you can do better than this in your 2021s? No, as I say, I, I just didn't put enough thought into them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, We'll DJ. see. Look, you can listen to me for the next 20 minutes and then see what you reckon. But um, <laughs> well, we got? I think we'll have some fun here. I think we'll have some fun. But the first one's quite serious. At five, I think Jaden Sancho finally joins Man United. Ooh. I think it's going to happen. This is a big prediction from Dean James. You, you've... You've been so fed up by this news line. I am fed up with it. I'm bored of it. Uh, um, I think we it's coming around to a situation where it's going to happen. And the reasons are that we've just seen uh, Dortmund themselves coming out and actually talking about this situation for the first time, really, um, in detail. And what we know is what was being reported anyway. But like officially, Sancho... Sancho thought he was going to Man United, right? He really did. And the terms were agreed. And Dortmund are now saying that, but Man United didn't offer as much money as they needed to. And more than that, they wanted to stagger the payments and that's not okay. Well, I think that in hindsight, they might wish that they had just taken that money at the time. Um, And what I actually think is going to happen is that United, by walking away from the table and saying, Okay, well, we're not. That deal doesn't work for us now. We're not going to give you exactly what you want. Um, you can't use us. Um, their gamble is going to pay off. I think. I think they'll get Jaden Sancho for less than a hundred million. I think that his form this season means that Dortmund will just be like, okay, he clearly wants to go. Um, I know for a fact that there are a couple of issues surrounding Sancho that are that are bothering them anyway. I mean, you've heard a couple. You've heard before about. Um, I don't say if he's maybe unprofessional at times um, and that have frustrated the club. And I think that it's just going to get to the point at the end of the season where Sancho needs to leave, right? And I don't see the competition for him that would have been there in other windows. And I think that Man United, at a time when they're threatening to even push for the title, will need this this kind of player to to come into their squad. I think Jaden Sancho is going to join Man United. It's, it's something that's rumbled on forever. Often with these Literally. transfer sagas... When a player joins after such a protracted, extended saga, it doesn't quite work out as possible. Now, Virgil van Dijk is perhaps the exception here, right? But you look at something like the Coutinho transfer to Barcelona, 
Um, you look at the Griezmann transfer to Barcelona. I mean, there's a common theme here. Um, but, <laughs> but you do see these ones that, that drag on and on. And eventually when they do come through, it often feels a bit... I think the pressure is built up to a point where it's almost impossible for the player to to make good on it, if you know what I mean. Because, because it's gone on for so long and the hype builds and builds and builds and builds that when they finally do it, even even like Alexis to Manchester United, right? Like it was it was it was going on for so long that you were like, okay, right, right. And then it came on and it was the pressure on Alexis to perform at that point was so good, like so huge mm. that it felt like he could there was no way he could possibly live up to the hype. And I'm a yeah. bit worried about this with Sancho. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, and I don't think there's any guarantee at all that Sancho is a hit for United. I think that, that you know, especially if you know what if he gets the seven shirt, if he's out there, and all, all of the rest of it that comes around of him will be on all the posters. It'll be the top selling shirt in the summer. He'll play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, but they they do really really want him, and Solskjaer thought he was getting him, and he was really annoyed that it didn't happen because he was kind of banking on it and. Messed him up for a few weeks, I think, just in his planning for the season. Um, so Solskjaer wants it and he's staying. Sancho wants it still. And it looks like Dortmund are going to let him go at the end of the season. It just needs to happen. I think it will. It's an interesting one because last summer, all United fans, all they talked about was Sancho. Give us Sancho. We want Sancho. We want Sancho. You might get to next summer. These links start reappearing. And if Sancho carries on as he has over the first half of this yeah. Bundesliga season, you know, one goal and a handful of assists, you might find the opposite. You might find Man United fans going, why are we trying to spend 90 to 100 million on this guy? Yeah. He, only got, he only got X goals and Y assists. Well, look, to jump to Sancho's defence very briefly, he's a sensational player. And to put up the numbers that he did in the previous two seasons in terms of goals and assists, that is, those are freak numbers. For a player of his age and his inexperience to do that, no matter what league it is, and as long as you're in the top five, those are freak numbers. He's a freak talent. And there are reasons why this might not work out, but there are more reasons why it will, because he is pure talent. Okay. Well, uh, a nice little, a nice little round section there on, on Jaden Sancho. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing more about this. So we'll move it on. I don't think we can exhaust our Jaden Sancho supply in, in one no. go. So right. move on to four, Dean. Number four, I will not be going to a football match in the entire 2020-21 <laughs> season. Oh no. Yeah. Not anyway, okay. am I? I think that's a reasonably safe prediction. It's not going to happen. Do you know what? I might even take that further. I'm not sure we're going to have full stadiums by the end of this year. When do you think we're going to see a full Premier League stadium? I was holding out hope that would be next August. Mm. That was my hope. And um, now you look at it and I'm really not sure it will be. I mean, I thought maybe March. We, I thought like by March... I'll get to a few games this season. I mean, technically, I've, people ask me, like, surely you can go to games because you're a journalist and you've got a pass. And yet, technically, you know, all three of us could go to games right now. I just feel it's kind of irresponsible and unnecessary for me to go and travel across to a game and go through the whole, you know, nonsense of, of having to get in there and go through all the paperwork and the tests just to go to a game I don't need to be at. Like, I, I just think I don't need to be there. So I'm not going to games and haven't for the whole thing. Um, so I'm going to start going to football again when it's completely safe and the stadiums are full or at least close to full. I just don't, I really, really don't know when that's going to be. And I, look, I'm close to going an entire year without stepping foot in a football stadium. The last game I went to was the 12th of February, Millwall 1, Fulham 1. That was the last game I went to. 
like I'm a month away from going a year without going to a football match. That hasn't happened since I was what five years old. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a long it's a long stretch. I was supposed to be going in. Obviously, people will know this. But I was supposed to go to Fulham Brighton in mm. December, and London got put back into into tier three where they closed stadiums the day before that game, which was incredibly frustrating. Um, but also, you know, fair enough within the circumstances. I do think that if the vaccine is rolled out properly, that we will have fans in stadiums before the end of the season, but I don't think we'll have full stadiums. I think we'll be back at that 2000 lottery. Um, and I don't think we'll have full stadiums. I I'm still holding out hope that that's August. Um, and, and, you know, and the weird thing about this is that it doesn't consider what ha might happen for the European Championships. Well, the European Championship is going to be an absolute shambles. And if ever there was a time to not have it spread across the entirety of Europe, <laughs> then this was the one because it's just impossible. Like they, they should really give this a rethink and just be like, OK, where can we actually host this tournament that is going to be reasonably safe? Like. I'm not saying hold it in London because that's not a safe place right now. Oh, but like, oh yeah, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't. Place, don't pick London, but like pick a city where there are like five, six, seven stadiums, whatever, like wherever there are close stadiums that are reasonable in size, host it there. Uh, maybe go to Dubai. Look, everybody in England seems to be heading to Dubai right now. Like maybe <laughs> they just take the Euros to Dubai. I don't know. Don't have the Euros in Dubai. <laughs> I, I, have to say, I have to say, uh, you know, obviously I've passed on the 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 crown, the predictions crown to Dean for the start of this year, and I'm going to pull him up on the technicality uh, in, at the beginning of 2022 if he has essentially controlled his own prediction here. If by August it's completely and utterly safe to return to football <laughs> stadiums, and he decides not to go for four months to make sure one of his Mate, predictions is correct. If you think correct. it's going to get to that point and I'm worried about this prediction instead of going to a football match, then you are wrong. I'll be going <laughs> as soon as I can possibly get in there. Boys, I, I'm, with, I'm with Jack here. I really hope it's by August. It feels like if you do those government calculator things, it's like you, we could get the vaccine like our age group uh, by like June or July. So, you know, maybe, maybe we might get to some stadiums, but I just had a quick look at what the last game I went to was. It was uh, Southampton nil, Newcastle 1, 7th of March. Oh, okay. So uh, what, what, a, as as what an incredible game it was. Uh, <laughs> Jack, I, I was, was? Yeah, I was at Fulham Preston. Oh, uh, um, yeah, I was supposed to be at that one. I didn't go. Um, yeah, I was I at Fulham go. Preston on the 29th of February, yeah. two days after my birthday. So Were you supposed was... to go? Because Fulham was one of the first games, wasn't it? That was out. Was it that Bristol City game? The, that was the last game that we that had fans. The, last game we had. Uh, the, it, yeah. the first game cancelled, I believe, was Fulham-Brentford on the Friday night. Yeah, um, I was supposed to be at that, and that was obviously cancelled. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's it's been, it's been a long time for everyone. But hopefully, you know, fingers crossed you're wrong on this one, Dean, but I think it's a, it's a reasonable prediction nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a different one, isn't it? But I guess it fits with the times that we live in. So it's, uh, it's a sad prediction, but one that's probably necessary. Yeah. All right, um, crack on. Okay, number three. Cristiano Ronaldo breaks the world record for international goals in men's football. How many how many off is he off Ali Dea? He is seven goals from moving level. He has at least 11 competitive games plus friendlies to come. Now, I guess technically, like the thing that could mess this up is the whole COVID thing. But seeing as that the international windows completely ignored those problems last time around, I'm guessing that all the games are going to go ahead. Um, we need even more internationals than usual. Exactly. Yeah. So 
I think he's going to do this really easily. I think it's, it's another record coming for Cristiano Ronaldo and he's going to absolutely love this. So how many will he be on once he's broken the record? What's Ali Dia on? Ali Dia got 109 goals between 1993 and 2006 for Iran. Um, yeah, and so Ronaldo is now seven short of that 109. So, look, knowing Ronaldo, he'll probably do it in one game. He'll yeah. just go for it. He'll, just go he'll for score it. seven against Liechtenstein and that'll be that. <laughs> he'll just go for it, won't he? But I'm pretty confident of this one, to be honest with you. I think if, I didn't put it at number one. Um because I just thought it was a bit boring to put an out at number one, but I'm quite confident this one certainly. Um, that seems reasonable, Dean. It's yeah, quite a safe bet, I think. Yeah. Scores, it's a a lot, scores a lot of goals, Ronaldo. Yeah, mm. uh, seven goals in, in in eleven plus games for country. You would imagine, especially given that some of those will be in the group stage of the Euros against smaller nations, shall we say? Um, um, well, didn't they get a horrendous? Yeah, but they've got World Cup qualifying as well, and they they've got they've they've got Ireland in World Cup qualifiers. So there's absolutely no chance that he's not putting five past us. Yeah, I guess yeah, like, that's the Euros group. It's, it's obviously they've got France and Germany in their group. Well, the Germany you could score a few against these days. Do you think um, it doesn't matter who he's got because he'll just score. He scores against everyone. Liechtenstein are no, not Liechtenstein. Luxembourg are in our World Cup qualifiers group, so they'll have uh, them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's Luxembourg it's who gets the seven against Luxembourg. <laughs> Luxembourg are going to feel the wrath of Cristiano Ronaldo. You imagine as he as he charges oh. towards a record. Um, right, right. What's in at number two? Number two. This is a bit of a gamble. Messi stays at Barcelona. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Have you it's... done your research on the presidential elections? Have you? Well, kind of. I just think I was looking at it because obviously the lot is going to depend on that, and basically the. The two front runners now, and they're, they're quite clear front runners, Victor Font and Joan Laporta. I don't see that either of those men do not convince him to stay because there were probably people early on that were, were talking about the need to sell Messi and like, you know, you've got to get this club's finances back in order and things like that. It's like, no, you need to keep the best player in the world. Like, that's probably the first thing you need to do. Um, and these two seem absolutely intent on making sure that Messi stays. And I think that that's what he wants to hear. And that, that you know, obviously um, both have got different ideas. And I think that the one risk is that, you know, with Laporta, you could say, well, you're just harping back on the past and on great times. And you, you're just hoping for somebody to come and recapture a moment that just isn't there right now because you know, times have moved on at Barcelona and you're now looking at a very different time. But I think that um, Laporta, I think, is talking more about um, rebuilding La Masia, right? And he wants to bring back that culture of things. Um, rather than, I think, last time he was there, he was looking at talking about signing David Beckham. So that, that shows how, how things have changed there. Um, but Victor Font's been really just talking up how important Messi is and how he has to stay. So I think that either of these men make sure that Messi stays. And um, as if I was a Barcelona fan and, and I was voting, that's what I would want first and foremost, to be honest with you, because it's your best chance of short-term success and also gives you a better chance of signing the best players in the world because everyone still wants to play with Messi. It's a it's a really mad one. The, these presidential elections are about to explode into madness, and and I've been reading quite a lot about them recently. And Sid Lowe wrote an amazing piece about why Joanne Laporta 
is running again, what what he's doing. And I don't know how many of you have seen it, but his campaign poster yeah. is just looking forward to seeing you again. And he posted, he did it in Barcelona on the, the, on the Maritz factory. And then he also put one up on Santiago Barnabéa Street <laughs> yeah. overlooking the stadium. And he was like, well, in my tenure, Real Madrid didn't win a Champions League. They, um, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they won very few trophies and, it does yeah. seem all a bit mad, Laporta running again. And part of me thinks that harking back to the grand old days is not what Barcelona need. There's a lot wrong, right? There's a big old debt to be paid. There's a stadium to build. There's the issues surrounding the squad. There's the issues surrounding the management. It's not a job that you take lightly. But, you know, he is someone who's dedicated to the club. And I think that it's now a really interesting race. And and while this is a a prediction about Lionel Messi, I think it opens the door for quite an interesting conversation. And I'm sure we'll come to it, you know, as the elections get closer, we might, we might take a deeper look at uh, what it means and what each candidate is. And Sam could rank the candidates. Maybe that'd be, that'd be one for the purists, Um, (laughs) but it's uh, maybe that, maybe that's a nonsense ranking, Um, but it's, but it is an incredibly interesting time to be studying Barcelona. And, Mm. and I think that this all ties into the same, same kind of piece and you're right you know about Messi and about how how important he is for the for the rebuild even if there is that as the figurehead the kind of beaming light to 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 attract new players and and get players who want to play with him and uh, it's a it's it's a big prediction because I think that there's a serious chance he's like I'm just really done with this lads yeah just it's the same fears I had over him actually leaving last time as to whether he does really make that jump and like whether he Look, Man City or PSG is obviously going to be fine in both those places. Um, but is that really how he wants to be remembered or does he want to end at Barcelona? Like, it's been, always been hard to imagine him anywhere but Barcelona. Um, you know, interestingly, when he's done his interviews recently, he hasn't talked about going back to Argentina at all. Um, he's talked more about MLS and the route to there. Um, and that's why the Man City thing has become more, more interesting. But... Yeah, however romantic it is that he um, links up with Pep Guardiola, um, however you try to imagine him at PSG as the new superstar there, it's just so difficult to see him actually walk away from Barcelona. I don't think it'll happen. All right. All right. I think it's a, a fair shout. And that leaves us with number one, Dean. Number one is France will win Euro 2020 or Euro 2021, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, they're going to be. That's a strange way of saying Slovakia. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were supporting them. Um, now, interestingly, I thought, right, I'll just check who are the favourites for to win this tournament, um, presuming you know, it would be France. They're not actually um, in England. The favourites to win. Oh, England. Are they actually? <laughs> England, are they actually? And Be- England and Belgium are joint favourites to win the European Championship. No. And so I am really taking a punt here. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going with the favourites. Um, then after those two comes France and Spain, pretty even. Yeah. And then after those is Netherlands, Italy, Germany. But this is the world champions, right? And this is the thing. When you're looking at England and Belgium. I was asked the other day about Belgium. I was like, surely this is their time. I was like, probably not. No, they probably got <laughs> they're probably their time isn't going to come, just like England's time is never coming. Um, there's so much pressure on them. They don't have that mentality that you need. 
um, is the expectation. I don't think in Belgium it's probably quite as intense as it is in England when you start to get excited, but England certainly aren't going to win the Euros. So why are France going to win the Euros? Well, look, they have got a tough group, obviously, Portugal and Germany, and then the other team is Hungary. So I think they'll get through, right? Um, it's not easy, but they'll they'll probably make their way through that. Well, they must get through, mate, because to win the tournament, you've you got have to get, to get through your group. group, yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Right. <laughs> um, so let's just look through the France squad. It is ridiculous. Not just the players. Like when you're just looking through the list of who their players play for, it's just ridiculous. Like obviously, like Maurice will be in goal, or whatever. And then the defenders, like Varane, Digne, Pavard, Hernandez, Kimpembe, Longley, Zuma. Like that's good enough. And then you, the further up the pitch you go, it Upper just Meccano, gets That's the thing. I'm not even mentioning like Upamecano there, Falamende. Um, and then in midfield, say their last squad, Pogba, Sissoko, Kante, Taliso, and Zonzi and Rabio. Well, that's Camavinga probably would have worked his way in there somehow as well before then. And then up front, you've got obviously Mbappe, uh, Coman, Griezmann, Giroud, um, Martial, there's Auer, there's Fakir, Lamar, Lamar. Wissam Ben Yedder. Like they could put out like three teams, three different teams probably, and still win this tournament. Like it's the depth that France have is just unbelievable. And I think that when you watched the World Cup last time around and everybody's looking at other teams and questioning France and the manager, they just produced, didn't they? They were yeah, just they got it done. They really got it done. Um, you know, that final was it four two in the final against Croatia. And I, I honestly, I think they're five to one with most bookmakers here, and this is the only of one of these five predictions that I'll definitely be putting money on um, because I think that that is because it's the only one you can. Probably. Yeah, they won't, they won't, they won't take odds for no football for Dean. <laughs> you can definitely bet on Messi staying at Barcelona. You can definitely bet on Jaden Sancho joining Man United. Yeah, um, and you could. No, you probably can't bet on Ronaldo. You can't, anyway. you can't bet on D- Dean not going to a game. Will I go to football again this year? <laughs> yes. I'll prove you wrong. I'm not going. <laughs> Give me my money. Um, but anyway, who do you lads fancy for the Euros? Uh, also France. Although the Spain train is... It was certainly left the station and it's hitting top speed. Uh, I like the fact that... I like the fact that they seem to be on the up. Um Jack, if you say Italy, I'm going to start screaming. I was going to say Italy, yeah. Um, Zaniolo is going to be back for the Euros and Zaniolo is going to play nine and it's going to be magic. Um, there are there are a couple. I'm, I'm quite heavy on the Spain chain, but I do like this Italy side. And with Ireland not there, obviously, I apart from supporting Slovakia like with the rest of the rank squad, mm-hmm. I'm kind of free to, to pick my own side. And I had kind of erred towards this Azuri side. I like this Italy team. And their flag's quite similar to Ireland. So if you fly it enough, people might think that Ireland won the tournament. Um, so, so that's yeah. good. Surely you are supporting England, though. Not really. I, I I hope England do well in the, the, the mood of the nation tends to be better and everyone tends to have a good time. I quite like it when England get to like a quarter final and then then lose because uh, then I don't have to deal with the kind of I have. I, I don't think I could stomach the, the the English fandom winning a tournament. I think it would just be like a bit bit too much. Well, if me. ever there was a time, mate, it would be this year because none of us can go out. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it, it's um, but yeah. No, I, I like I'd like England to do well for a period of time so everyone can have a nice time. But I like it when everyone is happy. But at the end of the day, I'd probably rather in Italy or Spain. 
you know, mm. just, just got the job done. If, if I'm honest, I, I, I just, it's just the way I'm built, I'm afraid. The problem is I got so much stick. I've said this before. Like I used to, when I grew up, I used to support England and Ireland together. Um, and I got so much stick and so much abuse for supporting Ireland from England fans that I was like, well, fine. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go down this route, then I won't support both sides. Okay. Um, yeah. And and then and then I got even more stick. So I don't know if it was a it was a decision <laughs> that's given me any joy or, or grief, but it's it's one that it's one that I'm going to have to stick by now. So, um, you know, as they say, be advised, my passport's green. Um, <laughs> And, and and that's all there is to it it's um it's a strange one but good predictions dean um i like them they're strong sam have you got anything to add i'm, I'm sure i know i know you haven't been but you've, you've been itching to get a prediction in i can see it in your eyes yeah dry january is about to be broken lads um <laughs> i think messi will leave barca Ooh, contrasting predictions i love it i just i mean i'm gonna put it very simply there's too much smoke for there not to be a massive fire here and that is essentially why I think Messi will be he, like he can't go around in the media talking about MLS and flirting so openly if he's not if he's not pretty much done with this circus, and I would not be surprised. And the other one I've got it's a it's a repeat of a, of an old prediction, and that's a risk because it didn't come off at the time. But I just got this feeling that Jose Mourinho is going to win a trophy with Tottenham this year. Like okay. he's got a golden opportunity with the Carabao Cup. I mean, what? Tottenham, by the time this comes out, will Tottenham have already played Brentford in the semi-final and I'll already be wrong? That's yeah, a, it's plausible. That, that's why I didn't do that prediction. It's like, I'm going to do this prediction about Tottenham winning a trophy and then they're going to lose in the Carabao Cup to Brentford. I could really do without Brentford getting to a cup final. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they've got, so you'll, you'll see if this is still on by the time this comes out because they we record on the Tuesday and, and they're playing that, that evening. But um, if, they, if they do make it past Brentford, which you would expect them to because Brentford are a championship side, then... I just, yeah, I just got the feeling he's going to get the better of whichever Manchester club gets into the final. And if that fails, and obviously the Europa League's on the table as well, and technically they're in a title charge. So I'm feeling good about the Tottenham winner trophy one again, and I'll probably be wrong, but I think Messi leads Barca, and I think I think Jose's going to do it. Jose wins a trophy at every club. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well done. Well, that's a, that's a good prediction. That's a bold prediction, Sam. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm glad you've made one at least for, uh, for, for the fans and for the people who were holding with bated breath to see what you're predicting. Um, we've got a couple of bits to, to get on with after the break. So uh, when we're done here, we've got a, a little melon to give out, don't we? And there's a gibberish ranking, so don't go anywhere. Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. Well, welcome back to Ranks FC. First of all, shouts out Dean Jones for our wonderful predictions there. A wonderful second big ranking of the Ranks FC era. Um, you, you're getting into a bit of a groove here now, Dean. You're, uh, you're taking your, Sam's job's under threat, I'd say. Yeah, well, I just figured if we get this pod down to just the two of us we'll make more money <laughs> <laughs> oh no um no, couple, make him redundant couple of shouts out uh, sam put a thing out yesterday on twitter saying that if you beat him at hugh davis's quiz and um, which was to name all the players well the top players who have got goals and assists in the year 2020 then you'd get a shout out on the podcast we had five people that beat sam's score of 94 out of 96 
Um, so shouts out to Frank Miller, to Hazem, to Ibrahim Hashin, to Mantra Dave, and to Tom Rist. And shouts out Nicholas, who got 94, the same as Sam. We give him some, some credit. Uh, none of you, however, beat me on 100%. Um, pure, as they say. Pure. There's no way you didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. What happened was I realized that on the quiz, the names are in alphabetical order. Once you get into the everyone on six, shall we say, is in alphabetical order. And it gives you the clubs. So once you work that out, it starts to narrow things down quite quickly. So the ones I was stuck on at the end, and I would have absolutely not got is you know a, a couple in that mix there was a yerry mina in for, for everton and you're going everton players that begin with m and you're sort of like working your way through the thing and that's how i that's how i got to my hundred i will i will say i used the system but i didn't cheat so sorry sam it's just it's just knowledge really um and you know you've you've, you've got 94 but some some do as i said on twitter dean it's time for my favorite part of the show it's time for melon of the week this week's Melon of the Week is Nabil Fekir. Yeah. Now, this is just for Jack, because ah. Sevilla were beating Betis in a derby, and then Sergio Canales scored an equaliser from the penalty spot. On Brilliant penalty. Three minutes. It Brilliant a great penalty. penalty. It really was. So it was 1-1. Massive game. 75th minute. We get another penalty. Canales surely after that first one steps up, but no. Fekir decides that despite the fact that he's absolutely not the penalty taker, he will be taking this <laughs> kick. Um, it turned out to be a disastrous decision because, um, well, it was saved and it wasn't a good penalty. Pretty easy to save. Um, Fekir, absolute melon. And Jack, you must have been absolutely fuming with this. So I was pretty livid. The, the only saving grace here is that Nabil Fekir won the penalty. Um, and and in, in some ways, without him, it wouldn't have been, you know, we'd have the opportunity to go 2-1 up either way. So, yes, I am furious. Uh, he hasn't scored this year, and this was not the chance for him to start <laughs> trying to score. He's only, only had one game this year. Come on. He hasn't <laughs> scored this season. Um, and, yeah, it just it's unbelievably frustrating. Like, Betis needed a launch pad for their season. It's been so stop-start, as we said, on the on the Spotlight podcast. Um, and, and it just really needed a big result. And Betis were the better team for the majority of the game. Um, the, the Sevilla's goal was, was on the break. It was against the run of play. And it felt really Betis that they were going to lose the game. And then they scored. They got a penalty, scored. It all felt a little bit calmer. And then there's such a massive opportunity to win it. It's... Uh, incredibly frustrating and and I, I do understand i just felt hard i felt difficult to be that angry when he won the penalty um but That's it's just such a bad like choice win a penalty but accept that the penalty taker is going to take that kick because they are the better at it like they yeah just get to take the penalty That's yeah like it's it was it was it was very frustrating that is a rule that, that will sad. probably be introduced one day because they're just changing rules as and when they fancy it um, but at the moment, it's not like you got fouled, you take the pen. Like a free throw in basketball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no, very frustrating. <laughs> That's hard to clear your frustration. That is the gibberish alarm. Sam, over to you. Yeah, time for gibberish. And I know last week I looked forward to 2021 and, and outlined my uh, my New Year's resolutions for the new year. But this week... We're going to take a step backwards chronologically and we're going to look back at the previous year, not at the coronavirus or the pandemic or any of the horrifying things that happened. We're going to celebrate what were Sam Ty's top three websites 
of 2020. Mm. You sure this is and safe? It's yeah. a fam. Is it's this, a, it's family friendly. Yeah, it's a family friendly edition. Uh, don't worry. So uh, my top three websites, the three, I mean, I've got no statistics to back this up, but I think these are the three websites <laughs> I use the most. I mean, how do you know? I don't know. So these are the things I think I use the most. In at number three is the meme generator, which Jack, I'm sure you use quite a lot as well. I just make my own memes on Photoshop, mate. I'm a talent. Uh, so I, I take them into Photoshop and I can edit them, but obviously meme generator is just, is just it, it has it has a rolling stack of every meme you could possibly ask for. It has a search function. So you can just write like, you know, change my mind, for example. And the man sat at the table saying, change my mind comes up and you can edit the text. You've got the galaxy brain one. You've got the which red button does the man press. You've got the and it's gone from South, uh, from South Park. You've got Drake hotline bling. Um, you've got anything you want, any meme you could possibly need. So, I am a 30-year-old man with a child's mind, and everything I do, I try to relate back to memes to be able to communicate properly because I'm troubled. And so this website has been really helpful for me because you can just search a couple of words, get the right one, stick it in Photoshop, and communicate your message. Fantastic. You, yeah. you, you, are, quite, you are quite a person, Sam. <laughs> I am, I am. Right, number two is percentagecalculator.net. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, that. Oh, absolute lifesaver. I don't know how this has happened, but I actually find myself needed to calculate percentages way more than I thought I would in my adult mm. life. It's often for writing and, and Southampton writing in particular, and I don't really, I'm not very good at maths. I'm not very good at percentages. Hang on, you're about really... to tell me you don't know how to work out a percentage, aren't you? I find them tough. Oh so percentagecalculator.net, you go on. It's a very simple website. It's one page. It's got three different sections to it, all on the same page. You've got the first one that says, what is X percentage of X? So you just write the two numbers in and you hit the calculate button and it tells you. Then the next line is X is what percentage of X? calculate and the last one is what is the percentage increase decrease from x to x the only three possible formulas you would need to work out a percentage are there on one page at one touch of a button that's all you need and i use this weekly because i can't do maths it is a lifesaver i'm i'm, I'm flabbergasted. i've used it a lot i've used it a lot like i'm with him especially since we've gone uh away from br and actually have to figure out our own finances and stuff and think about tax and stuff like that blown my mind so yeah i'm, I'm on there mate i'm with you uh, i'm afraid i can't compute i just use fractions nope. <laughs> to work out percentages of stuff nope nope, nope okay thanks. um i'll leave you two to that uh, i'm gonna gonna just quietly move on yeah number one and i'm really sorry about this but there's no getting away from it there is no chance that my top website was not amazon and this is really unhealthy it's bad for the economy it's bad for supporting creators but they've got me by the throat um uh a prime member. I'm addicted to next day delivery. If I can't find something on Amazon, I probably just won't buy it. And I've even seen things that are not on Amazon, but they also are. And if you buy it off Amazon, obviously you get the person gets more money, but you have to wait five days for it. Whereas if you get it off Amazon, they get less money, the creator, but you get it next day. I'm making those those horrible decisions. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not uh, great look. It's it's not great at all, but I'm sure that there are millions of other people also in the same scenario. Well, that's and... that, that's literally how it works. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. And it's... Like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that, that's that's why it's a problem. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really bad, but I can't I can't get away from that reality. I'm and... scrolling through my Amazon right now. I'm gonna count how it says last six months your orders. I'm gonna quickly count them up while while you're here. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Lock, lock I, I have been there's, trying there's, there's a parcel this... arriving every other day. Since yeah, March, I do. I completely, I completely empathise with with the 
the fact that it's become so easy to, yeah. to use that it it's almost difficult to, to come away from. I have tried mm. though. I'm not suggesting in the slightest that I am uh, immune from this. Like everybody, 54. I think everyone used 54. I've had 54 Amazon deliveries in six months. Wow. They range from a tap handle lever for a single shower unit that was in the place that i sold and the shower tap broke off so i had to quickly fix it um nappies phone case charger oh this microphone um coffee maker that was one of the best purchases um a tv bracket cow pole um, cow pole Let's go to the shop. Yeah. Thanksgiving turkey hat. Um, nice. Gutter Mate, hooks we, to hang the Christmas lights off of. We had an Amazon Fresh. You. We had an Amazon Fresh delivery the other day. The first one we ever had. Rachel's like, we've got a shop coming. Yeah, a, a grocery shop. And I was like, okay. And Amazon delivered me chicken and peppers. Nah, nah, not I having it. I was That's like, not what, okay. I was like, what on earth is happening here? These big brown Amazon bags with all these fresh, fresh yeah, produce. I need to like, try oh, that. oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do food now. I was like, that is a step too far. No, yeah, I mean, I suppose the, there's no massive difference between that. And, and super, supermarkets are, are hardly, you know, the arbiters of moral high ground. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, why aren't you doing your shopping from Tesco? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've been trying to take my Amazon count down because, yeah, it's, it's just just I know it's easy and I know it's itself, but it does feel like something we should probably try and do. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyway, I've highlighted I've bought I've I've bared my soul to you i've highlighted yeah. my you've gone to confession my, i appreciate my, it. my frailties yeah i mean you're irish you're basically a priest that is true this is that essentially is a confession um yeah i i can't absolve you for your sins but um i can criticize them which is <laughs> which is which is basically better i think for yeah. your for your moral stance uh, and with that we're uh pretty much wrapped for the day all that's left for me to really do is to say thank you very much to mr deed jones for a, a wonderful predictions ranking um yeah it was different wasn't it and um probably not wholly convincing at times but um there we go that's my lockdown brain for you we're doing our best we're doing our best maybe maybe we'll look at some transfers in the in the near future dean we'll uh we'll let you know what we're doing but we'll uh we'll potentially have a little bit of transfer talk at at some point soon yeah maybe we'll try that yeah maybe we'll do that i was thinking of this new concept actually where if you want to send me a transfer question you transfer one pound to my paypal account (laughs) (laughs) honestly honestly i'm gonna rename you del boy jones and and that's gonna be that uh it's the right god mr sam Ty. bit concerned about my future on the pod but loved every second of today yeah well i mean look at some point i imagine you're going to start doing some work again but only once dry january is over i've been <laughs> yeah. jack collins this has been racks fc look after yourselves gang the the world is a strange and scary place at times at the moment but take care of yourselves and take care of those around you and hold tight to those that you love we've been racks fc we'll see you very shortly peace Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. 